welcome to this little kind of bonus conclusion episode of the Places You'll Never Care About podcast, season number one. Uh, hesitant to say, season number one, we'll see. Probably the last season, possibly not, we'll see. It's been a lot of fun uh, making this little project and um, assuming nobody is listening to this conclusion episode without listening to one, at least one of the earlier, quote, body episodes, uh, then I genuinely thank you all for listening uh, and I hope you have enjoyed. Today, we're revisiting each of the towns we've been focusing on earlier, collecting small pieces of recently unfolded local drama along the way, as if they were drying leaves in the forest, until we have a lovely potpourri of mildly amusing, but ultimately forgettable bullshit. Right, <laughs> who remembers Tisdale, Saskatchewan? Nobody. I guess that was kind of the idea. The town with allegedly the largest 7-Eleven in Canada, as unsubstantiated fact Jessica is about to point out, by floor space, the largest in Canada. Okay, if that isn't a thought you've been carrying around with you since episode one, then perhaps I can jog your mind by reminding you that Tisdale was formerly known as the land of rape and honey because of the rapeseed oil, which we call canola now, and, and yeah, the honey too. Well, apparently there's still a rather sizable contingent of Tisdale residents, um, boomers, shall we say, who long for the way that things used to be, uh, judging by a recent post on the You Know You Grew Up in Tisdale When Facebook page. A bunch of oldies sharing pictures of frankly dogshite looking kitchenwares with the old motto displayed on them in some way or another. Um, plates, serving dishes, glassware, collectible teaspoons, that kind of thing that nobody under the age of 40 gives a damn about. Yep, um, you could tell by the way that comments were written that these these folks were still salty about that motto change back in 2016. Um, in fairness, the new motto opportunity grows here isn't really as eye-catching, I suppose. Uh, but like we've said before, that's probably for the best. Um, I don't know about you guys, but when I look at collectible kitchenwares, um, I kind of enjoy them without uh, without words pertaining to sexual abuse on mine. Um, so that that's just me. Apparently there's... Plenty of, like we say, plenty of oldies in Tisdale that long, long to have that word written on their teaspoons. Now to the news desk. The only recent article uh, that caught my attention when I looked up Tisdale News was a recent article about a man pulled over by the police and found to be in possession of meth, fentanyl, and cocaine. A later raid at his home in Prince Albert, which is another town a couple of hours away, found more of these drugs, um, some related paraphernalia, and a few weapons. So um, that's nice. Love a good drug bust. Um, that was that was it for Tisdale. Just just drugs. Cool. Moving on. Town number two. Kenturk, Ireland. Actually, um, some pretty heavy shit went down in Kenturk um, over the last couple months. A concrete truck drove straight off one of the main bridges in town and fell into the river below. Get it? That's some heavy shit going down. Uh, <laughs> terrible joke, I know. Lucky at the time, um, the article that I read reported the driver was uh, in a stable condition in hospital. Um, the river is only a foot deep or so uh, in the pictures I've seen, but the bridge is probably six or seven meters high, so that's a fucking long way down for a concrete truck. Uh, luckily, no pedestrians were hit as the truck crossed the footpath on the bridge, but the small stone wall it went through was probably a couple centuries old at least. Um, that got uh, obliterated. Uh, of course, nothing that can't be rebuilt, however. Uh, sincere wishes to the driver. We hope he makes a full recovery. Another local man who also found himself in a uh, life-threatening situation recently. 
was farmer by the name of Declan Philpot, uh, who was pinned against his tractor by an unbalanced agitator that he was trying to fix, uh, fix on the back of the tractor. Luckily for Declan, his, uh, I don't know what an agitator is supposed to do. I, I looked it up briefly and it seemed to be some kind of uh, tool that you attach to the back of the tractor and lower it into like the, the effluent pond, the shit pond, um, and, and mix it up so that I guess the shit on top gets aerated or the shit underneath gets aerated and the stuff on top goes to the bottom. Uh, I think that's what it was. Um, anyway, this guy, he was trying to fix it. He, something went wrong. It was unbalanced and it pinned him against the big, the big tire at the back. Uh, luckily for Declan, his 13-year-old son, Brian, was helping him on the farm that day. Um, under the weight of the agitator, Declan was unable to breathe and uh, passed out. Uh, but Brian, 13-year-old Brian, sprang into action and uh, moved the tractor, freeing his father from the weight of the agitator and undoubtedly saving his life, which is fucking awesome. Good on you, Brian. I'm sure you're listening, mate. Saving his life was probably not the kind of thing your dad had in mind when he was teaching you to drive the tractor. But uh, I, I imagine he's bloody glad he did. Um, now, while we're discussing men's health, the uh, <laughs> perhaps not such an acute uh, angle of men's health, but nonetheless important, the Kunturk's Men's Shed uh, seems to be a kind of support group for a support group of good blokes who believe in the benefits of getting involved and helping out within the community. Uh, from what I've seen, they do great stuff like building picnic tables and other garden furniture for people about town. Unfortunately, however, uh, they are down to only four consistent members now, which is unsustainable. Um, so how about it, fellas? Let's try and make that effort to get down to the men's shed this week. Uh, they meet on Thursdays, uh, sorry, they meet on Tuesdays and Thursday evenings, 7 to 9. Um, I hope to see you all there. Uh, in fact, the men's shed do a bit of work with uh, Tidy Towns Community Group, who do a great job about town, keeping, uh, keeping the roadways and the pathways clear and... Um, clean and clear of litter and that kind of thing. They recently made a post on their Facebook page wishing former member Mrs. Brown a very happy 100th birthday. Uh, so a big congratulations to Mrs. Brown. All of us here at the PYWNCA podcast sincerely hope you had a great day. The post office also posted a picture with her on their Facebook page too. So we can only assume that she is a very popular resident of Kenturk. Good on you, Mrs. Brown. Um, I'm also, I'm sure you're listening. Um, once again, congratulations. Looking forward to the party at 101. Uh, there was actually... Um, yeah, looking looking forward to the party at 101. To be fair, there was quite a, a fair bit of going on in Kentucky Newsletter, uh, last I read. Um, but, but nothing... Uh, you know, we have to move on. Nothing we can... You can I'll leave that as an exercise to the listener. Um, okay, who wants to go back to town number three, Norton, Kansas? Not me for one. Uh, but that's kind of the point. A couple of obituaries, yada yada. Okay, that's to be expected. Um, but do you know how, do you remember how we talked about the old public name and shame that the Norton County Police Department do on their Facebook page uh, when they arrest someone? Well, there's there's another couple goodies up there for us. Uh, the best of which was a, there's a woman being picked up by the police for missing a court date. Um, I guess someone who must be a friend of hers jumps in uh, with the, the classic sentiment of all petty criminals um, leaving the comment, she did nothing wrong. Okay, sure. Somebody else replies, well, then why is there a warrant for her arrest after failing to make a court date? To which the friend kind of changes tune and says, well, she did nothing major. <laughs> make your mind up. 
Um, I'd love to know what the original charge was, uh, but I guess that's lost to the Kansas County Courthouse, which, uh, by the way, had a big tree fall down in its garden a couple weeks ago. Apparently, they had some pretty intense winds overnight. Um, no, no, luckily, no one was injured. Nobody happened to be standing underneath the tree uh, in the middle of the night, but but it was a, a grand old... Uh, a grand old tree, so so that's a shame. Uh, nothing that can't be replanted. Anyway, here at the PYWNC podcast, we like to pride ourselves on the pedigree of general safety consciousness amongst our esteemed listenership. So I'm sure almost all of you won't need to worry about this. But if you do happen to be one of those fuckwits who drives about without a seatbelt, you should know that the Norton County Police Department is running their annual Click It or Ticket campaign which we will, will begin Friday the 21st of May through to Monday the 31st of May, which, of course, we all know is like over a month ago now. Sorry, I'm late. Um, this is a special uh, kind of operation, I guess, where the police crack down on seatbelt usage for a week and a half for some reason. Um, to be fair, I think, I think seatbelts are seen as somewhat more of an optional thing in the States. It seems like everyone knows someone who had some fucking crazy car crash but they were saved by the fact that they weren't wearing a seatbelt, so they refused to wear one themselves. You know, some some bullshit about they were driving along at 400 miles an hour and they hit a fence and they get thrown from the vehicle because they weren't wearing a seatbelt, and then the car bursts in flames. And and if it, if they had if they had been obeying the law, um, then they'd be dead. I've heard that story from a number of people. Um, there's something to be said about the willingness of humans to reject a simply immeasurable amount of statistic in favor of a personal anecdote. But actually, I guess that probably serves as a pretty decent tribute to the importance of storytelling amongst humans. Uh, but we're not here to make an anthropology podcast. So moving on, two more quick points on Norton before we forget about it forever. Uh, another town in Kansas by the name of Natoma had a bit of flash flooding recently. And local do-gooder Travis Dial drove two hours just to deliver pallets worth of bottles water for those in need what a legend, Travis Dial. They should call him Travis Nile after delivering all that water. Get it? Uh, nice. Uh, uh, yes, and because there's been so much arguing about COVID-19 on the Norton Facebook page, or the community group page, um, they've had to put a blanket ban on all related discussions, stating that only information which comes directly from the local government itself is allowed to be shared, which is like classic USA. Could you imagine that after a year and a half, they're still arguing about a, 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 a few coronavirus restrictions? They're still going at it. Um, they're still not wearing masks, I imagine. But 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 I'm gonna leave it to them. Where's next? That's right, Orsele, the most forgettable episode of the series, and perhaps the most forgettable town in Sweden. Nothing much has changed here since we looked last. The Facebook page is still full of old people just posting class photos from the 40s, trying to find former classmates of their parents for some reason or another. Everybody seems to start off their post in a similar way. That is, my mum or my dad used to live in Orsile, or grew up in Orsile, or went to school in Orsile, etc., uh, implying that they moved away as soon as they became an adult and never went back, judging by the fact that they seemingly have no contact with anyone they went to school with at all. You can't blame them. Here's some news for you. Even the bank is leaving town. Uh, that's right, Handel's Bank in, which uh, I should probably know, but I, 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 it's one of, if not the largest bank in Sweden, um, has operated a branch in Oslo for 122 years, uh, I believe it said, that's what I read, um, but no longer. 
Even this soulless corporation uh, cannot withstand such economic sterility. Admittedly, this uh, only affects old people. Um, how often do any of you guys go to the bank? I, I don't. Um, yeah, I can count like once in the past year. Um, and if you need to buy if you need to buy drugs, then you can get cash out. They're going to keep an ATM there anyway. Um, so that's not a problem. But there is something symbolic about uh, the closing of a bank in a small town like these. Former hubs of trade and rural commerce, far from the big cities, have been lost to an ever-strengthening tide of digitalism and urbanization of their younger generations. There is perhaps few better examples of this than the bank closing down, I guess. Uh, the sign posted on the outer windows tries to be cherry. It says, we have moved in bold lettering as if the business had outgrown its humble beginnings and needed a larger premise. But of course, the reality is quite the opposite. They've not moved. Uh, if you look at the website, it says to visit, visit the branch uh, about a 20-minute drive away, which has been there longer than living memory as well. That's always been there. Um, so give it 10 more years and that one will most likely close too. Anyway, um, that's bad and all. Uh, but more importantly, another fucking cat has gone missing. So I'm really starting to think something nefarious is going on here. Uh, unfortunately, I don't think any of us are really in a position to do anything about the cat disappearances that seem to be plaguing the small Swedish town. But if anybody does have any further information or developments regarding this frightening feline issue, please do not hesitate to get in touch. Anyway, Dunkerswell was next, that town with the airfield and the old monastery full of boring monks who um, lived miserable lives. As to be expected, not much has happened here since we spoke last. Although perhaps, somewhat ironically, given the missing cat issue in uh, Orsley we just described, somebody in Dunkerswell has been having quite the opposite problem in that random cats keep showing up at her house for some reason. Her Facebook post didn't really give too much detail on what exactly might be attracting these strange cats to her home, but it's curious nonetheless. Another important Facebook post in the local community group was from a local bakery who was selling these little, like these little cheesecakes that had somehow been set into a half, half a hollow Easter egg, if you know what I mean. Um, you know, when you buy an Easter egg and you cut them in half, they're like, they're hollow, they're hollow. Um, so cut, cut it directly in half and then bake a cheesecake into it without the chocolate melting somehow. I don't, I don't get it. Uh, anyway, um, they, fuck, they look gun. I'd have, I'd get involved in some of those. Um, they look damn good. Not gonna lie. That's what we, uh, would have loved to get. <laughs> fuck. Another advertisement uh, posts included some personalized golf balls, which one might consider for a Father's Day gift or birthday present. Very tacky. Uh, I'd keep clear myself, but maybe if your dad is super into golf, you could give him a handful of balls with your face on them, I guess. You might find that he just uses them for driving practice into the ocean. I don't know. I don't know. That's how gifts work. I don't know what your relationship is like with your dad. Um, maybe he'd love, maybe he'd love to take a a handful of golf balls and just beat the shit out of them, um, given the fact they've got your face on them. Lastly, I just wanted to make a quick point. Um, I believe in the Dunkerswell episode, we made reference of the fact that their local football team is called the Rovers, much like all other teams in England. Well, recently, they were beaten by another team in the same league, also called the Rovers, so there you go, laughable. Um, also, somebody uh, set up a camera in their yard to film the people who keep letting their dog shit everywhere, which is pretty hilarious too. Uh, they've got some footage of the dog, or supposedly, assuming there's only one dog, uh, I don't know, but they got some footage of the dog in question shitting in the garden with absolute impunity. 
and the owner clearly not giving a damn. Um, so what, <laughs> what can you do about that? Uh, <clears throat> it's a funny story. Um, but once again, once again, good luck to those pushing back against the lazy dog owners. May, uh, maybe maybe they'll take a leaf out of the Norton, um, Norton Police Department and get involved in a little public shaming. Perhaps that'll do them some good. So what's new in Ravensthorpe, Western Australia? Um, a few things, to be fair. That evil mining giant, First Quantum Minerals, that owns the local lithium mine, has sold a 30% stake of it to another presumptively also evil steel manufacturing firm from uh, South Korea called Postco for a total of $240 million. Big business. Uh, First Quantum Minerals are also sponsoring this year's flu vaccination, uh, flu, here in Australia, the flu vaccination clinics at at the uh, Hopetown Community Resource Center. Um, So locals can go down and get their microchips injected into their bloodstream for free. Um, So everybody, please remember to say thank you. Say a big thank you to Mr. Quantum Minerals now. Thank you, sir. I love my new software. In more boring news, the town mayor has been re-elected. Nice, of course he has. The local dental clinic is closing down because nobody can find a replacement for the current dentist who's leaving town. Nice, of course they can't. Uh, that's sad. Uh, this is a this is a very tasteless uh, segue I've got here. But you know what else is sad? Disease. Unfortunately, uh, one local lady uh, is currently battling breast cancer. Uh, in the community. So a group of, of, of lovely Ravensorp women have arranged a creative fundraiser to help her and her family out. Uh, I thought it was a pretty, pretty clever idea. This group of lovely ladies has got together and painted a large mural using their own breasts. Um, from what I understand, they did like the painted handprint thing that kids do where they put the hand, the, the paint on their hand and then slap it on a bit of paper. Um, except obviously, instead of applying the paint to their hands, they put it on their chest and then Pushed themselves up against the canvas, which is which is cool. It sounds like um, it sounds like fun. Um, I haven't seen the finished project, but it was raffled off to somebody. Um, so somebody's sitting around Ravensorp with a uh, a big ass canvas in their living room um, with with um, painted tits all over it. Uh, so it's certainly a conversation piece, if nothing else. Uh, but it is it is a tasteful way of expressing themselves whilst also supporting a, com- a member of the community in need. Um, as mentioned, all proceeds uh, went to the woman's family to uh, help with uh, a few medical bills. So let's uh, let's hope for the best there. On to King Cove, Alaska. One of my uh, it was one of my favorite episodes for some reason. Um, again, not a whole lot's been going on here, but according to some local government statements I came across, the feds are apparently likely to approve that road to Cold Bay soon. Uh, remember the one that's it's only like 12 miles, but it'll cut through the Eisenbeck Wildlife Refuge. Yeah, it's, it's the one they've been arguing about for like 20 years or something, um, whatever it was like that. Sounds like a helpful supply link for the community, but I do hope the salmon who swim up the rivers to spawn can do still do so. And of course, I hope the grizzlies who are waiting there to eat them can still do so. Uh, we love nature here at the PY, WNCA podcast. But we also love the internet, something the good people of King Cove will be getting a whole lot more of in a year or two's time. Apparently, the government is laying an 860-mile subsea fiber cable at a cost of only $55 million. Hmm, it's it's an interesting problem when um, spending money on these big infrastructure projects that don't affect fuck all people. 55 mil sounds like a lot of money to spend on slightly faster, uh, slightly faster internet to a string of communities that are home to like at most three or four thousand people but 
Why do we care? It's not our tax money. Um, so you, you do what you like, Alaska. To be fair, you, you see the other shit that the state spends their tax money on. So this seems a little more, more defendable than than the, than the the fucking army budget or whatever that is. Um, just make sure the salmon can get home. That's all I ask. Speaking of homes, um, it seems Pastor B from the... I don't know what his name is. Pastor B from the King Cove Bible Church. <laughs> That's disgusting. Um, from the King Cove Bible Church is going to be finding himself a new one as he is uh, uh, moving away from King Cove. We wish Pastor B and his family all the best with their new adventure. Um, other updates from the church. He, he, he managed to sneak in this quickie, pic, quickie picture here. Uh, include... Other updates from the church include a new bit of drywalling uh, put up by a few blokes from a fishing vessel uh, that was in harbour for a couple days. Thanks, fellas. The new walls look great. If you're still looking for a bit of casual work next time you're in town, then perhaps you could uh, have a look at that roof that needs a bit of paint. Cheers. So, what's new in Tregarran, the town in Wales that sounds like the name of a dragon uh, some bloke by the name, <laughs> some bike, uh, fuck, some bloke by the name of Ross Stewart got caught. Uh, obviously trying to have a good time. Uh, evidently a fan of the old nose candy and a bit of the devil's lettuce. Poor Ross has been fined a total of two hundred and seventy-nine pounds for possession of twenty-five point nine grams of cannabis and one point one five grams cocaine. Oh dear. Anyway, uh, the old Talbot pub is back open, which is good for business, obviously. There is, however, still no elephant beneath it, or really not a whole lot else going on, to be honest with you. Somebody is selling a Thomas the Tank Engine set for 45 quid. For some reason, they feel the need to say smoke and pet-free home, as if that matters to a fucking plastic train set. Anyway, uh, it comes with Percy, James, and Thomas, of course. And besides from that, all that's left to report from Tregarran is a Rosella parrot that local resident, Kath Evans, very Welsh name, that. Uh, spotted in her yard. I guess they mustn't be very common in Wales because she posted a picture of it to her Facebook immediately asking if anybody had lost it. Anyway, um, perhaps unluckily for the bird itself, I don't, don't... They caught it and it's now safe, quote, quote, unquote, safe at home. Whether that's where it wants to be or not, I, I, I don't know. Um, don't know what life is like for Rosella parrots in, in Wales, but perhaps not particularly interesting Anyway, let's go back to Hella, Iceland, home to Zoe's country van, supposedly the best fish and chips in the world. Honestly, kind of feels like a cop-out to say this, but like almost nothing at all seems to have happened in Hella since we were here last. I came across a post by local hotel Stracta, um, Stracta, S-T-R-A-C-T-A, I don't know if that means anything, um, to say that... <laughs> to say that the weather, the weather has been uh, a bit shitty recently, but it was a nice day on June 16th. So that's nice. They they really went out of their way to say that June 16th in particular was a uh, nice day. So hmm. the only real newsworthy event was an earthquake that happened a few weeks back, about three kilometers south of the township. It measured at five on the Richter scale, which is no laughing matter, but um, it's decent for sure. Nothing seemed to be damaged, so that's good. <laughs> the only other genuine news article I could find had the enticing headline, um, five things that have us hella excited about the next season of The Bachelorette Australia, which um, I didn't actually get around to reading that. Uh, but yeah, anyway, that, that's pretty much it. Uh, the preparation for the 2022 Lansmott horse competition thingy that we talked about, 
are evidently underway, but that's still over a year a year to go, so I'm not going to get nothing too exciting just yet. Um, moving on, the final town on our list was Mossburn, the dear capital of New Zealand. Uh, it's a joy to be back. Like the other nine towns we've just spoken about, again, not a whole lot, but that was the point all along. Um, not a lot, not a whole lot goes on in Mossburn on a daily basis, but there's a couple of things worth mentioning. Uh, I swear that I read a few weeks ago that a blade had fallen off one of the turbines at the wind farm overlooking the town, but I, I can't seem to find anything to back that up. So perhaps, genuinely, I think this might be the case that I dreamt it. Uh, anyway, uh, let's talk about some things that we can confirm that have actually indeed happened, um, or at least are happening. Um, I'm a bit late with this public service announcement, but apparently June the 1st, which is over a month ago now, is moving day for a lot of farmers in Southland. That is to say they are herding livestock between farms along the roads. So please be careful when driving about. We all need a, we all need a little, bit, little bit of farming going on, a little bit of you know, food, and, and we, we got to respect the cows and the, and the sheep and, and such. And man, I'm really sounding like a fucking city idiot right now. But please drive slowly when you're passing. Um, be prepared to slow down for a few minutes uh, to let the cows pass. You know the drill. Also relating to farming, uh, evidently the travel restrictions due to COVID-19 have prevented a lot of temporary and seasonal workers who would usually be employed on farms from getting into the country. Uh, so there are a lot of farm hand shortages at the moment. So if you are looking for work, there you go. Get involved. Get down. Get yourself down to Mossburn and um, start milking some cows. Uh, lastly, <laughs> I wanted to bring up something a little bit different um, that a few people might find vaguely interesting. This is a very, very New Zealand. The Fiordland College uh, Senior Nepal Team are trying to do a little fundraising to get themselves to the uh, South Island Secondary School's Nepal Tournament in Timaru at the end of August. Uh, to do this, they're running what they call a sheep shit and pig poo bingo. It's simple. You take a square piece of grass and divide it evenly into a grid of 100 spaces. You then sell these little spaces off at 20 bucks a piece. Then you fence it off and uh, put a pig or a sheep in it, and you wait until it takes a dump. The winner is the person um, who chose the little square where the animal does its thing first. And that's a pricey piece of poo. The winner takes home a tidy $1,000. It's a genius uh, It's a genius little fundraiser. You sell 100 squares for 20 bucks each, which makes 2K, provided you sell them all. Uh, and then you only have to give back one, uh, one kilometer, $1,000 as a prize. Nice. I like that. Uh, let's, let's end it there because uh, I'm out of things to talk about anyway. But this has been the conclusion episode for the first and again, probably final um, season of the Places You Will Never Care About podcast. I'd like to make a big shout out to all my friends that helped me in making this little project, uh, all those who contributed their voices for funny little roles. Uh, and of course, completely unsubstantiated fact, Jessica, for all her completely unsubstantiated uh, information. Um, and also a big shout out to my great friend, Leia St. Arnaud, who so kindly designed the cover art for us, which I really appreciate. Thank you guys so much. And of course, a big thank you to everyone who has listened along the way. I hope you enjoyed it. I'm not going to say it as much as I did, um, but I, I hope you did enjoy it um, and maybe learned a few forgettable things along the way. My name is Jack. Once more, thanks again uh, and have a great day.